Ladies, and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the Outsports Podcast Network. And today, today may be the first post Pride Month day on the calendar, but as I and so many in the community have stated, Pride Month never ends, and the best evidence of that is our guest this week on the show, Mariah Moreno, the bloodthirsty vixen, a trailblazer in pro wrestling for the trans community, a frankly LGBTQ pro wrestling royalty um, in this house and so many others. I am so happy to have her as a guest on the show this week, chatting all about her career, um, recent appearances coming back to pro wrestling after the long layoff, and of course, the main event at Paris is bumping Solid Gold 21 coming up on July 10th, uh, facing off against Edith Surreal in the first ever all-trans women main event at a pro wrestling event ever in the history of the business. It's um, an amazing, amazing feat. Mariah has an amazing path that she has tread um, through pro wrestling and, you know, is one of those people that laid the foundation for the rise that we have seen in recent years. Uh, And so, of course, we are extremely happy to welcome her onto this show and have the chance to sit down and chat with her um, about everything in her world. Um, So, that being said, though, we are on July 1st here, one day post Pride Month now. But I think before we need to take a chance to look back on the Pride Month that was this year because by far this was the most jam-packed, eventful, and just overflowing Pride Month when it comes to the pro wrestling scene. Um, obviously, as you saw on Outsports, we had 16 pro wrestlers that were that are known um, that came out in any form um, during the the course of the month, um, which is an amazing number to see and to see that number grow throughout the month as well. And there were j- almost just as many Pride events or LGBTQ-led events during Pride Month as well. You know, everything from kicking things off with Fear the Gay Agenda to to Dark Sheik's Fearless to Full Queer to No Time for Hate down at Versus Pro all the way over to Pro Wrestling After Dark. We had Deathmatch Down Under had a good chunk of queer talent out there. Candy Lee in a nice tournament there. You had all the stuff from Juneteenth weekend with Black Wrestlers Matter 2 with the Ohio Triple Threat, OWA, Unsanctioned Pro, and of course Paradigm Pro Wrestling. And just this past week as well, we had Black Girl Magic go up. Um, Hopefully that's going to be going up on IWTV fairly soon. I am excited to see what came out of that. All the buzz coming out of that show has been amazing to see. There's been no shortage of uh, Pride events. Oh, Killian Vision. We just had Killian Vision and Mochella from Fight Club Pro Wrestling go up um, in just in the past couple of days here as well. Adding to that list. It's just, there's been so much. And it's the, it's the most beautiful problem 
to have in the world of covering everything. <laughs> it's not even a problem. Yeah, I might be a little bit burnout, but whatever. It's worth it because we're seeing the advancement continue and thrive and uh it's it's just it's it's a beautiful thing to see. Um and I am so overjoyed that you know, I've had the chance to interview so many people behind these events and to have so many of these people on this show or previously or coming up in the future. So it's just, it's, this whole month has been amazing just to see how far this community has come so quickly as well. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's a beautiful thing to, to, watch continue to grow and I am so happy that um, I'm here to witness all of it and to continue to you know elevate the voices within it in the way that we do on this show and outsports and other outlets as well that that's the thing about it this is all a community there's a reason why like you know I think a lot of queer people whenever you see someone coming out, or, or, you know, you meet another, you meet people that are in the community that you didn't know previously were in the community, that sort of thing. There's a reason why I think a number of us say, like, welcome to the family or welcome to the team. Um, I know welcome to the family is my default. You probably see me spamming it all over Twitter this month. <laughs> um, but there's a reason why. It's because, like, it really is a, a family in that way. And um, I love seeing our family grow. I love seeing it grow every little bit. Every single bit. Um, that being said, though, Pride Month doesn't end on June 30th. Uh, and there are so many other things coming up. Obviously, we have the fourth Polyam Cult Party coming up this, this Saturday on July 3rd. And then a week after that, July 10th, Paris is bumping Solid Gold 21. Bocello's going to keep going. It's going to be rad to watch. Also, just announced this week, July 31st, 5CC Wrestling here in my neck of the woods, the Pacific Northwest up in Washington. They're going to be having a number of queer talents on their shows. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think a, a one match that stands out is one that's been built up for a while now because, you know, Great Bambina's been teasing who she is going to choose as her opponent. And we finally found out earlier this week Jamie Senegal is going to be facing off against uh, Great Bambina, her hand-picked opponent. Um, of course, Dark Sheik and Anton Voorhees, the caution, are going to be up there on that show as well. Um, I'm sure that um, Kendall Marie is probably going to pop up somewhere. I don't know. There's a number of people that could show up on that show, and it's going to be a fun one as well. So There's plenty left on the plate, so to speak, um, and it's going to be outstanding, and I can't wait to watch it all. Just take it all in, swallow it, and all that good stuff. It's so yummy. That being said, though, I think I've rambled for enough here. Let's get to the main event. The actual main event on July 10th. Mariah Moreno. What's up, guys, gals, and non-binary pals? Welcome back to LGBT in the Ring. And it is my immense pleasure to have as my guest this week someone who is a true trailblazer in the world of pro wrestling when it pertains to the LGBTQ community. And she is set to make history again 
coming up on July 10th when she will be one half of the first all trans women main event in pro wrestling history. Please welcome the bloodthirsty vixen, Mariah Moreno. How are you doing today? I'm great. I am fabulous. <laughs> yes, I am definitely fabulous. I'm feeling great. I'm excited. I'm excited for this interview and I'm super excited for what's ahead and all the fun happenings that have been happening recently and in the near future. So excited. No, there's a lot to be excited about. You know, obviously uh, you have Paris is Bumping coming up, but you've also been getting back into the ring recently as well. I know I saw you pop up on the, the Supreme Tribute show um, down at, at Crimson Crown and, and you've seen you pop up here and there, not to mention at Full Queer this past weekend. You competed yeah. in the Prince X of Pride tournament there. So mm -hmm. it's been nice to see you get back into the ring after kind of having a, a layoff in 2020 outside of that steamy, uh, performance on the the first Paris is Bumping show. <laughs> well, 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 we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, okay. I kind of want to start off with um, with your feelings around this Paris is Bumping sequel that's coming up on July 10th. Obviously, you know, in the opening there, I mentioned like you and Edith Surreal are currently scheduled to participate in the first um, all trans woman uh, main event at our pro wrestling event ever. Um, what were your thoughts whenever whenever Billy Dixon came to you with the idea for, for this match? And what were your feelings whenever you found out that this was going to be the kind of the historic moment that it is? Well, first thing, I got to thank Billy for thinking of me because um, there's so many talented trans women that are out there today. I am a trailblazer. Yes, indeed. But there are several others who have also been blazing the trail for all of our sisters to um, to pursue their dreams. So I'm so happy that those me that are out there to have, you know, to, to show out on his main event, on his show. Billy has been a nonstop at working for this this brand, or, or let's say this, this, um, this brand, there you go, this brand that he's creating, his magic. You know, he's a hard worker and I've spent countless of hours on the phone with him in the a.m. hours. Let me let me throw in there the a.m. <laughs> hours, especially during quarantine. I spent a lot of time on the phone with him, and I definitely like his way of thought. I love what he is bringing to the table. Um, there has been there have been other other LGBT pro wrestling companies before him that I've worked for. Um, Rick Cataldo has held one that I worked for. Um, there was. Um, Madness. I'm not sure if I'm gonna. I don't think I'm gonna use his actual name. I'm gonna use his work name, Madness, out of um, out of Texas, San Antonio. I was I was able to participate in um, Pride Pro Wrestling San Antonio at a Pride event. So that was really really cool, an accomplishment for our community in pro wrestling to host a wrestling show at a Pride festival. Um, I would hope that that can happen again, you know, pretty much in every single, every single state or major city that hosts state pride, it would be nice to have um, a showcase of, of LGBT pro wrestling wrestlers, you know, doing their thing in front of our community, people who have never even really paid attention to wrestling. Um, I think that was a really, really, really amazing experience for me in San Antonio. Um, but what Billy is doing is something completely different. It, it's it's LGBT pro wrestling meets 
ballroom, you know, and, and ballroom I know is something huge, huge in the East Coast. So it was something new to me here on the West Coast. Um, but once I, you know, like once I actually paid attention and got to learn the history, it's become something that I would definitely love to participate in. If my knees get better, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm you know if my knees ever work with me, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, like, it's interesting, like, what was that uh, process? You, you like? were going to say something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was that process like for you to kind of learn more about ballroom culture, considering, like, it's, its significance in terms of, like, the trans community is, and more notably the trans uh, community of color out on the East Coast ahead of Paris's bumping? Well, for me, it was something special because I didn't know, I didn't know much about this. I, um was introduced to ballroom dance through a friend, an online friend of mine. I've never had a chance to meet her, but um, she has this, okay, so what she does, she's based out of Washington, DC, and she has like this organization that she started called Ruby's House. Um, it's, it's, um, it's basically a safe house for trans women who are homeless, having a hard time. Ruby Corrado is her name. And um, she has this venue, okay, the safe house where she hosts these ballroom dances for these girls that have nowhere to go, have no family, that are in the street. Um, so I've been watching Ruby do this for several years now because she was once homeless. She was once there, you know, and she's always had this dream of, of helping the younger generations um, because we can do something with ourselves. We can live a great life. We can live a healthy, great life, a happy one, you know, and she's making it possible for a lot of those girls by providing jobs for them, um, getting them out of the streets, helping them get back to health, like just, you know, getting them off of drugs. That's like the most, like the, to me, that's the most amazing thing, especially since I have a history of, of um, struggling with drugs myself. So, um, she introduced me to this first by um, having these live events on her Facebook account. Um, she would, you know, film it live and, and I would see these younger girls get in there and start, you know, tearing it up, doing their thing. And um, I was like, wow, this is, this looks like fun. Cause you just see everybody lined up and people are coming out there just doing their little walks. And to me that, that was really fun to watch. So I just thought to myself, where do I fit in in this? You know, like this is completely <laughs> new to me and I would love to participate. Um, Ruby Corrado has brought this to life. And this is something that I've always wanted to do as well for girls on the West Coast is, is create a safe house for them. Unfortunately, I'm not in a place where I can do something like that because I'm not financially um, blessed, I guess you can say. Um, and it's kind of hard to, to get people to, um, to donate, to get something like this started, especially with the pandemic going on right now. I don't see anything like this happening, but I would definitely love to have a, a house of Ruby on the West Coast because she um, is an inspiration to me. Um, outside of wrestling, she inspires me to, to pursue something different that I would love to eventually. Um, but she introduced ballroom to me and I, I wanted to, to, I want to take a, you know, take a bite of that cake because that looks like it's fun, you know. And then when Billy approached me and and told me, hey, he like gave me these different um, concepts of the ideas that he had for me, and um, he wanted me to walk realness, 
and then he changed his mind and then we ended up with he changed his mind a few times and then we ended up with um sex siren mm-hmm. um you know i had just recently got my body done so before the pandemic i was out of the ring for about seven or eight months before because i had gotten my my nose done and then six months seven months after i got my nose done i went and got my body done so i got it done in january that's when everything started kind of hitting the fan um mm-hmm. was in january stuff started surfacing online started watching or seeing these videos of what was happening overseas um it wasn't until about a month or two later when things you know started to shut down and and like uh, our girl cardi b said shit's getting real um <laughs> you know it started getting real you know and and it didn't even really hit me till six months into the pandemic because I didn't leave the house for the most part. I was recovering from having liposuction, having my breast implants replaced, having the fat transfer from my waist to my hips and my butt. So I'm not doing much other than watching what's going on TV. Then we had um, then we had all the, the, the riot stuff going on. So it was it was, it was, I guess you could say it was a lot of downtime, but super busy as far as what was going on, you know, super, super bit busy, but I was indoors for the most part recovering. Um, I wasn't doing much for, for 2020, but Billy has, a, you know, Billy gave me something to do, something to actually live for in that year. Cause I was like, uh, you know, like, this is depressing. This is super depressing. Okay. It's hard. Like, I, want to, I want to do something, you know, I want to be a part of something. And, and Billy gave me that, that light, you know, um, he gave me that light and I took it and I ran with it. And doing that Paris was bumpy performance to me was something that was an accomplishment to me because I've always wanted to be that sex symbol, even if it's for 10 seconds, I've always wanted to be seen in that light. Um, especially watching women like Don Marie, Tori Wilson do those bikini challenges. I've always wanted to fit that mold. And Billy gave me that platform to fit that mold, you know, and, and it was, it was, it was an honor. It was an honor to be a part of Paris's Bump. And on top of that, with the um, LGBT um, members of pro wrestling also being involved in that, to me, that was something special because I want to be involved in everything LGBTQ, LGBTQ plus in pro wrestling. I want to be involved in all of it, in all of it. Mm. No, I mean, and it's, it's interesting. I didn't realize that you basically were like coming off of, of having your body done right heading into that sex siren um, segment there because like that puts almost a, a not necessarily an in entirely new connotation to it but a definitely a, a new like viewpoint to it as well considering that you were like coming out of this very gender affirming self-affirming process for yourself and then immediately the first thing you do is like you get to live out that sex symbol idea that you've had for yourself uh, on a program where i mean let's face it you and and candy lee were probably the two uh two of the most um evocative things that got talked about coming out of that program last year, I would say, you know, <laughs> so like, was, was that process like affirming for you in terms of your, your gender identity as well as your, or was it more just a, a body thing for you? It was a body thing. Um, I, I, I'm already a proud 
woman, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm already a problem. I've been a problem since I was 15. I had made my transition years ago. Um, so like I already confirmed that with the world long before I made it into pro wrestling. Um, there, it's, it's still a struggle as far as people understanding, you know, um, as far as people understanding and me trying to, or, or helping like can educate people. Um, but it, you know, through real life outside of wrestling, I feel like I have made an impact in people's life, especially people who are close-minded to this side of the rainbow, um, through work. Um, I've worked in the fast food industry, um, pretty much my whole life. And I come across people who are completely shut off from, from this side of the rainbow. So I was able to build these relationships and teach not, I don't want to say teach them, but just kind of like show them, Hey, like. I worked just as hard as you. I'm living just like you. There's nothing different from you and I other than my struggle and, and what is happening or what what I have going on in my personal, you know, within my personal self. So, um, which is nothing wrong, you know, nothing wrong at all. Um, but I mean, through Paris's bumping, it was more like, hey, look, I was a caterpillar before and now I'm this butterfly, you know, that... I'm finally, finally, truly, truly confident in my own skin. And through Paris was bumping, I was able to really show that because I was kind of like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. Uh, you know, I was telling Billy, like, Photoshop me, you know, because <laughs> like <laughs> Photoshop my skin, make me look like I have silk skin. And, and um, he was just like, no, you look great. You look great. You look great. I don't know if they Photoshopped it or not. Um, but I mean, I, I thought I looked amazing from the outside watching it. Um, there's probably some things I wish I would have done, um, like probably removed everything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm just, I'm just kidding. No, but I really had, I really had so much fun and I was able to show off my confidence, um, within my skin. Cause a lot of our sisters, don't have that confidence yet you know and I hope this shows that it's possible it's completely possible for anyone to to get to where they want to as far as their transition goes because I know some other girls don't want to go that far some of them are okay with just um breast implants others are okay with just removing facial hair some are okay with keeping facial hair so um whatever it is that they choose to do you know it's possible you can stay the way you are and still be a woman um you can be whatever it is that you want to be and i w- i hope that i was able to to show that in my performance because that's exactly what i wanted to be no, i definitely think that that your performance communicated that wholeheartedly um and honestly it's one of the more seminal moments that we've seen in terms of the pro wrestling community having um, sort of like views or, or, or um, kind of places where they're able to engage more with with trans identities on a more like fundamental level, so to speak, that we've seen over the past year. Like obviously that performance put put you right in the spotlight, you know, as as a trans performer expressing sex appeal unabashedly in the way that you did. And then we just saw with the Edith Surreal documentary that came out at the beginning of Pride Month, like the first time that we've really had pro wrestling audiences engage with real like real frank discussions on the transition process i mean there was even images of her you know injecting herself with estrogen 
on IWTV. Um, what was it like for you? What's it been like for you to see these discussions around trans identities become more more tangible within pro wrestling audiences that like your other people that you've run into in your own life that, you know, do not have not had communication with with trans communities before? Well, for me, that that's an accomplishment, you know, and, and hats off to Miss Eden for putting herself out there because that can be a dangerous situation uh, can be a dangerous situation and it can backfire on her um, so I am so completely happy that she led us into her her life you know her her everyday struggle she is sharing that with us and I actually um once I saw that I have never communicated with her before then and um I probably liked a photo or two you know whenever I come across something that she has done um, but I actually reached out to her and, and I wished her luck on her transition on um, everything, anything that she wants to accomplish as far as, you know, her, her face, you know, her, her face features. Cause she did talk about how she's uncomfortable with certain things about herself. Um, I'm all for it. You know, I'm all for it. telling her she's gorgeous the way she is, but if she wants to do something, I'm even more all for that because before I got my stuff done, people were always telling me, oh, you don't need it. Oh, you don't need it. Oh, you don't need it. And for me, that's that's very sweet of them. But people need to understand that for the most part, we as individuals want this. We wouldn't be thinking about it if we didn't want it. Um, so it's almost becoming offensive in a way because it's it's people don't understand, you know, people don't understand what it is that we see when we look in the mirror. And that's what matters. And sometimes we don't want to share that with people. Sometimes we do. So for Eden, she shared that with everybody. And I am so excited to see her become that butterfly that she wants to be. You know, it's going to be a, a it's going to be a, and, a, and let's say it's going to be an amazing amazing transformation for her she's going to be so confident after that like people don't realize that surgery does boost people's confidence um it does help them you know so she's going to be this whole different person after she you know finishes or, or accomplishes what she wants to set out to do for herself um so i did wish her well i'm so happy for her i hope she accomplishes it accomplishes every transformation that she wants for herself as a woman no, that's that's awesome to hear that that you reached out to her and and that that support continues to grow with within the community and and like you said like I think a lot of people when like saying like you know you don't need to do anything it comes from a, a good place but at the same time it it removes agency from the from the individual in a way that yeah. is not necessarily is not intended but can definitely have an impact and you know I think you I, honestly like you're right to say that like it's all about how someone sees themselves and, and how they want themselves to to be exactly exactly yeah all right yens thank you so much for tuning into lgbt in the ring uh, we'll get right back into the thick of things but i do want to take a pause real quick and say thank you to some amazing people that make this show as rad as it is starting off with daniel quasar the progress pride flag designed by daniel quasar is a product of progress initiative you can find out more at quasar.digital a big thank you to Sarah and the Safe Word for the show's theme song, Formula 666, off the album Red Hot and Holy. 
You can find them on Twitter at stswband, and you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahinthesafeword.bandcamp.com. Um, check out independentwrestling.tv for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. Uh, you can use our promo code LGBTRingPod or visit tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and get a five-day free trial and peruse their entire library uh, over there at independentwrestling.tv. Once again, promo code LGBTRingPod or go to tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and get five days free. Check out that service. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at LGBTRingPod. You can follow me on Twitter at WonderboyOTM. And if you're into video games, definitely check out my video game news show, the Mr. Video Game Super Show. I co-host that with uh, Twitch streamers Slacker Kite and Lady Merwin every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific over on twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Uh, it's your weekly roundup of gaming news, uh, and it's always a blast. So once again, check that out every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Sun like the star. We'll be right back with more LGBT in the ring. So talk to me a little bit about um, the the match coming up uh, on July 10th, because obviously, you know, like we we've mentioned multiple times already, like this match is going to have some history to it. What was it like uh, for for you to find out that you were going to be in in a main event? Because I know you've been in matches um, on other Pride shows with, where it was you and another trans woman in the ring, most notably probably the match you have with mm-hmm. Nyla Rose um, being mm-hmm. being the at least the most well-known one, I would say, out of that, out of the bunch. But um, what was it like for you to know that not only were you going to be in the ring with a, like a fellow trans sister, but also with being put in the main event spot on a, on a show like this. Wow, um, that's an, that that feels like like I'm I'm nervous. Mm. I'm super nervous because we all know Eden is an amazing performer. She's technically sound. She her cardio is probably ten times better than mine. She's super young, you know, like I'm already kind of in a sense worn out where I already have a foot out the door, you know, like. (laughs) Uh, I think we froze again. Okay. Okay. So I'm already old and I just, I'm thinking to myself like, wow, because I'm already old, you know, I I have, I guess, less career in front of me. Most of it's behind me. Um, For her, she's still at the beginning of her career. I hope that I can hang with her. I hope I can, um, I can definitely bring it because she is amazing. She is an amazing performer. Now to be on the main event, that just brings more weight on my shoulders because there's so many performers on that card that deserve to be on the main event. Um, so, so many. Um, so I'm honored. I'm completely honored when, um, when Billy um, announced it, I had no idea that he was, you know, planning on putting me on the main event. Um, I probably would have declined the main event part if I spoke with him, um, just because it's 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 a lot, you know, it's a lot to take in and and to have to 
<sighs> to have to because again the performers on that card are going to be they're like they're amazing they're going to totally tear it up how am I supposed like me I'm old like <laughs> I don't move like any of them anymore you know it's like I just think to myself like how am I supposed to like outdo that you know it's going to be it's going to be insane to do something with that. I'm going to have to nearly break my neck um but I mean I'm super honored I'm so happy and to share this with Eden who is the it up and comer right now um I'm you know I I'm so happy you know I'm so so happy I can't wait you know we are what a week and a half away from there like I from it so I'm super excited we're gonna tear it up we're gonna have a great time I'm more excited to be in that locker room than anything, to be honest with you, because I want to meet a lot of these people. Um, I want to make memories with them backstage and, and have fun, laugh, share a drink or two. Um, that to me is the most important thing. But I mean, that the whole main event part is, it's, it's weighing on me, but I'm super excited. You know, I'm so excited. I cannot wait. I can't. <laughs> well, I'm hoping it doesn't come to you having to break your neck to, to get <laughs> the main event uh, across in the way that you want to. But like, I, I am personally, I am very excited to see it, not just because of the the moment that it's going to, that it creates in terms of like the, the history for the LGBTQ identities in pro wrestling, but also simply just to kind of, give you your own due because like like you said like you've been in this business for over a decade at this point and and you've been you know on like unabashedly like putting yourself out there and your identity out there and not shying away from from who you are throughout that time at a time where we don't have the explosion of the lgbtq yeah. personalities that we see in pro wrestling now let me um move into into this because based on on that same topic you're going to be going into the first class of Paris honors as well at the show alongside Faye Jackson mm -hmm. and, and Casey Michael. Um, so not only are you getting like, quote unquote, getting your flowers in, in the main event spot, but you're also being put into what honestly like feels like the first real queer pro wrestling hall of fame sort of thing. How, what were, how are your, how are you feeling around, around that honor? Yeah, wow, like it's it's all surreal, you know, it's <laughs> all um I never like 10 years ago, I never imagined, you know, I never imagined that we would have this community in pro wrestling. Like 10 years ago, I wouldn't imagine that we would have this many performers in pro wrestling. Um 10 years ago, I would never imagine that I would be seen as a trailblazer. Uh, a, a living legend, um, you know, like this past weekend at, at Full Queer, a lot, a lot of them were like, oh my God, do you have any idea? Like they were just, they were, I, I guess, tooting my horn, you know, like making me feel like I'm like this iconic star when I'm not, you know, I'm just, I'm just someone that was living a dream, you know, I, I an indie dream because I never made it to um, WWE or any of those those type of um, um, wrestling um, platforms, but they they you know a lot of them knew about me um, through indie and they they've seen my work and um, you know I had a few of them you know acknowledge that they have been diehard fans for a very very long time and for 
them to finally get the opportunity to meet me is was an honor for them you know like that felt really good I never never thought you know 10 years ago I never imagined that I'd be there or in that place um where these younger talents admired my work or admired me as a person so again um it's 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 an honor I'm just so happy you know I it I mean, obviously when I'm in the real world, I'm just like, I'm just some regular person. And that's that's the way I want people to see me as, you know, not like this iconic superstar. Um, I did what I did because it was a dream and and it was just the right time, right place. Um, there have been other girls, you know, around during that time. They just never got the platform or, or the recognition or even the attention that I got. I... I don't exactly know why it could be a numerous of reasons you know we we all were a different breed um but you know it just it was I don't know to be honest with you because there was um there's Roxy that was wrestling um you know possibly even before I was there's Jessica Love in Finland um there's Asuka um more notably more notably as Vinny um, who was recently with AEW at their tournament, their women's tournament. Um, let me see who else. There was Destiny Payne. She was wrestling out of the Midwest. A lot of these girls were around during the time that I was. Um, again, I don't know what, what, why I got more attention. Um, you know, we were all putting in the work. Um, but I got more attention. I was traveling more, you know, I was everywhere. Um, but I, I guess you can say the reason why they see me as a, as a trailblazer is because I, you know, I was doing a lot during that time. I was doing more than my peers, more than my sisters were. I was getting more attention than them. Um, again, I don't know why, whatever the reason is, I'm, I'm grateful. I just wish that they all got recognition as well because they all deserve their flowers because they all put something in it. You know, they all did something in their territory, you know, in their areas where they educated people, showed people who they were as individuals and as professional wrestlers. Um, but it's an honor to, to be seen the way that I am. It's an honor to be seeing all the girls do things today. Like Nyla getting signed was to me was an accomplishment for me, you know, even though I had nothing to do with it <laughs> for me, it was an accomplishment because that made that, that just officially made it possible for any of us to get, you know, to get to where she's at, you know, by now I was hoping that we'd have more girls there um, or at least with the other companies, um, but in due time, in due time, it was just Nyla who opened up that door. And in due time, we will be getting a few more of those girls in there, hopefully soon, like next month or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, crossing fingers, crossing fingers all day, yes. all night. Um, I think one reason why like you resonate, well, first, first off, before I even go into that point, like, yes, you are right. There there are others that, that were right there alongside you that are starting to have their names out, out there a little bit more now. Um, you know, I know Roxy has been spoken about a bit more. Destiny has been spoken about a bit more um, in recent months uh, at, when there as more conversations about the history of trans representation in pro wrestling um, are starting to, to pop up in different areas of pro wrestling. 
But one reason why I think that you resonate with so many people, especially people that I've had on this show that I've spoken to in my coverage of the industry, is that um, for LGBTQ people, as compared to like our cishet compatriots, living our dreams feels like an accomplishment in and of itself. Because like for so long, those sort of ideals like didn't feel like they were accomplishable to to the community. So I think that's a one reason why you resonate so much with, with so many people. And I'm not trying to put like words in anybody's mouth or anything like that, but I, that's just from my perspective. I think that's why you your presence in pro wrestling has resonated with so much and why you have you know people like abigail warren being excited to step into you step into the ring with you at full queer why you have like people calling you a living legend and an icon in the way and why you're going to be honored at, at paris is bumping solid gold in the way that you are well i i yeah i guess it it does make some sense it does make some sense um I, you know, I guess I did a little more than, than mo or I got the opportunity to do more than a lot of those girls did, you know? Um, yeah, I, it does make sense. Um, I did accomplish a lot, I guess, you know, not that I guess I know, I know I, I did a lot of stuff um, and I, I'm proud of it for the most part. I don't really like, like to necessarily talk about it. I have recently um, talked about all the things that I've done before a lot of my peers did, um, just because I felt that I was fading in the background and I didn't want to necessarily fade in the background. I still want to be, I want to be upfront and center, but I still want to be a part of what is going on as, you know, as far as LGBTQ plus and pro wrestling goes. I want to be a part of it. I want to have fun because again, 10 years ago, I've never imagined any of this happening um, as far as having all these shows and, and having so many of us unite together. I feel like I was an outsider. Um, when years ago, this is what I've always wanted to happen, to see, um, but I never thought that it would be because there were there were a few LGBT wrestlers back then that I got the opportunity to work with, you know, Angel the Hardcore Homo. Um, I was a tag team with him for several years. I, I did my first pay-per-view with him. I did my first TV with him. I did a lot of my stuff a lot of my early stuff with him. And then I got to work with, um, with, um, oh my goodness, with Tommy, Tommy Purr. Mm. Um, I got to travel up and down California with him. Um, who else was the, who, there wasn't that many, but there was a few that I got to work with. Rick Cataldo, I got to work with him out in the East Coast when I was doing TV, it was him, me and Angel. Um, I never had the opportunity to work with Cassandro as much as I would have loved to. Um, I only met him, I met him once at a Lucha Vaboom show, and then I've seen him a couple times um, after that. Um, but I've never had an opportunity to work with him. I've worked with Ruby. Um, Ruby from, she's from Mexico, Tijuana. She has come down here a lot, several, you know, a handful of times, and I've got a chance to work with her in the match. Um, it was me, Sage, Sin, Ruby, and um, Thunder Rosa um, mm. for a Lucha show, which was really, really fun. Um, but I mean, I've got to, I've, I've shared the ring with, with a few, you know, in my earlier years. It's just now there's so many 
Um, I wish I, I'm hoping I get to share the ring with just about all of them. You know, I was in the, on the road with St. Clair this past weekend when we went up to, um, to Full Queer and, you know, listening to her stories and she's only had, she only has a few years in this business, but listening to her or his stories, his pronouns, you know, he, him, um, listening to his stories, um, very similar to what I've gone through, especially since we're in the same territory, you know, very similar to what I've gone through. He's already gone through hate, you know, and it's, it's insane. It's insane, but it, it's, it happens, you know, it has been happening for many years and hopefully through his, his, um, through him voicing what happened, hopefully it stops, you know, so that the future generations don't have to go through any of that. Um, but, you know, I got to wrestle Abigail Brewer in there at Folk. That was my second um, trans on trans um, wrestling match, which was pretty cool. You know, it, it was really, really cool. And she's young again. She just recently came out. So she has several more years to go, you know, to, to enter the business. And my idea was to get out there and to, to put this girl over and do whatever it is that I can to help her get to the next level in her career because um, she deserves it. You know, they all deserve it. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. Like I was, I was very happy to see that the first round matchup in that tournament that you were in was against Abigail, because like, you know, living in Portland myself, you know, I haven't been able to see a, a ton of Abigail. Like she's brand new on my radar. And so being mm -hmm. able to see her in the ring with someone like you and then have that, that trans on, on trans representation in, in the ring was, was awesome to see as well. Um, I'm very glad that you brought up Angel because Angel is someone that I wanted to ask you about because I feel like Angel is someone who in wrestling circles today, at least outside of the West Coast, doesn't get talked about a lot um, and someone who sacrificed so much for, for this business. Um, yeah. What was it like for you like getting to know Angel and being able to work with Angel um, back then? Well, for me, an honor, because again, Angel is a icon on the West Coast, um, um, an icon in deathmatch wrestling, um, doesn't get recognition, you know, doesn't get much, talked about much, which breaks my heart completely, especially with, um, with so much deathmatch going on in LGBT pro wrestling right now, hmm. you know, like, I feel that 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 this is the time that they should be talking about someone who literally broke bones you know broke bones so that lgbt competitors can also compete in in deathmatch if it wasn't for angel i probably would have never competed in deathmatch i would have never became the the hardcore queen of the west coast um he's known as the hardcore homo you know which is offensive and today you know today's society but during that time it was completely entertaining, you know, and um, he was and he was very entertaining, whether it was deathmatch wrestling, lucha libre, or just American um, style wrestling. He he made us laugh all the time with his spots and, and his ideas. Um, but getting to know him on a personal level, um, it, it, he's a very calm, collective, respectful, quiet individual. Um, I didn't know he was LGBT till later on. Mm. Um, he never opened up about that. You know, that to me, he was just more private or he's very private. 
there you go. He's very private when it comes down to his personal life. Um, he doesn't just let anybody into his personal life, but when it comes down to pro wrestling, he will talk. He will talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And I literally will not shut up because he has so many ideas, you know, he has so many ideas and, um, I wish, you know, I really wish that he was still in indie wrestling today because he definitely would fit in to what Effie, you know, with Effie, what Effie is doing today. I would love to see an Effie versus Angel match one day, mm. you know, that would have, that would be gold. That would be really, really cool. Um, but I mean, getting to know Angel that, you know, I'm blessed because not many people know him. You know, not many people, especially in the in our community today, um, not many people know him, and not many people will probably not get to know him because I think he's done as far as wrestling goes. I think he's, um, I think he's completely done. I hope not. I hope something gives him that itch, you know, to to want to get back in here at least for one more match because I would love to be on his corner, um, you know, just like the old days. Um, at the Supreme show, Angel was scheduled to, to be there. And I got so excited because he was going to come in. Like I was what, number 14 or 16, somewhere around there. And he was going to come in two spots after me. And I was like, oh my God, this is there. This could be a reunion of Angel and Amanda, you know? And, and, and I was thinking to myself, you know what? People are going to be offended and you know what? But, who cares? Because this was Angel and Amanda. Angel and Amanda paved a way in a sense for LGBT wrestlers that are out today. You know what I'm saying? Years ago, years, years ago, we're talking 10 years ago when, when Angel and I were doing our thing. And, and, you know, I guess you could say sexually harassing other wrestlers at the ring, you know, and, and it, it was all for show. It was all for show. And, and we were, we were a highlight of pretty much every show that we were in. So um, I was really looking forward to him, you know, arriving so I can hug him and tell him how much I miss him and to let him know, like, I'm super excited to share a ring with him again. And, and let's, let's bring this thought back to life. Let's do this. And, you know, it, the rest would have been history, but I really was hoping that that night we got to work together in honor of our friend, you know, Supreme, you know, his, mm -hmm. someone who he has a huge, huge history with. Um, and then, you know, both of them, Angel and Supreme are both my trainers. So um, I really wanted that to come to life, you know, hopefully one day they do have, or I hopefully next year they'll have another tribute show, you know, and um, Angel will be there. That way we can bring Angel and, and Amanda back for, for one time, for one time. Why not? <laughs> no, um, I, I honestly like watching that show. If I, if I had seen Angel come out whenever you were still in the ring, like that would just like, and, and like, uh, it's a pop here and then there's a pop here, right? Yeah. Like it would have been here. Like it would have been right? very, very exciting to see. Um, you know, I, and I, I hope the same as you that, 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 you know, Angel, you know, feels like it, it's something that, that, that he wants to do to come back to that sort of, uh, to, to have some presence in, in pro wrestling. Like I would love, and this is off the top of my head, you know, like you said, we're starting to see more LGBTQ participation in deathmatch. Why not a deathmatch tournament? 
like for like a trophy named after angel or something i don't know right? yeah i mean again it, it's imagine a, well not imagine but i think it would be a little offensive but we called it the hardcore homo you know something you know that would totally be yes. offensive you know today's society but something that has to do with him and his his contributions you know his contributions because he I don't think there is no LGBTQ plus pro wrestler today that could ever match up to what he has done in the death in the deathmatch scene. There's several men, like there's several that I could see that have that potential to to follow in his footsteps and probably even surpass what he has done. But I don't think there are any companies that would be able to provide to provide what XPW provided the platform that XPW provided. For, for Supreme and Angel to do these type of spots, you know, like the scaffolding, mm -hmm. you know, that scaffolds and, and, and just several floors, you know, of, um, of bump space, let's just say, yeah. you know, like it's very difficult to find someone, you know, or a company that would be okay with something because that's a liability if you think about it, you know, yeah. it, it can end a career like that. So that's a huge sacrifice that, whatever performer is um willing to to do to try they're sacrificing something because at the end of that at the end of that you we all have a bump card okay every wrestler has a bump card you're going to knock off like 60 bumps out of that card so your career is going to shorten now it's going to shorten and i feel that that is so true because me as a wrestler there's several bumps that i have taken in wrestling that i wish i didn't i wish i didn't because i probably would have had a longer career um, or I think I would have been able to move better than what I move now. Because um, if you watch my work now for my work 10 years ago, it's not the same. You know, it's not the same. I'm still a go-getter. I'm still a hard bumper, but I just don't move the way I used to. I don't. So, you know, just many of the LGBT wrestlers are listening to this. You guys, you know, like be smart, work smart, you know, kick butt, you know, just work smart and you want your career to last a very, very long time. And I think that's probably what Angel would say today to all of them, you know, like make sure you work smart, work very smart and don't kill yourself, you know, don't kill yourself because, you know, you, you, you're going to impact somebody's life in one form or another. And, and let's make that last. Let's mm. make it last. For sure. Um, you brought up Supreme and obviously that we talked about, you know, seeing you being on the the, show, the tribute show there at Crimson Crown um, back in May. Um, for those that don't know Supreme and, and the significance that he holds on, on the West Coast um, independent scene, um, can you like kind of expand on, on, on why Supreme is so beloved and why he is so important and why he's so missed um, uh, out here? Well, um, Supreme is, um, we can say he is a trainer of a lot of pro wrestlers that are out there now making a name for themselves. Um, he is a mentor to a lot of us. Um, he was deathmatch champion of XPW, which is the West Coast ECW. Um, um, they had a TV spot, they had their DVDs, they had their thing going. Um, and Supreme was, was a top talent there. You watched him grow, you know, you watched him literally grow on, on XPW. Um, so he's known here on the West Coast as 
the baddest, you know, baddest deathmatch hardcore wrestler in pro wrestling on this side, you know, in, in every territory, there is that one, you know, there is that one. Supreme is that one on the West Coast, specifically in Southern California. Um, always so sweet. He looks so mean and so rough. When I met him, I was so terrified of him. I was like, oh my God, he's going to hate me. He probably doesn't like, he probably doesn't like trans people. You know, like I'm just, <laughs> I, I, I was so terrified. I was scared. And then, um, and then I had this conversation with him probably like months after I was already training with him. And he was like, you know what? You're going to be my knee hawk. You know, and I already knew right there that I had earned a spot in his heart, you know? Um, and ever since then, he protected me, you know, he guided me. So he's, he's pretty huge out here on the West Coast. You know, everybody loved him. Everybody respected him. Um, and, and you were blessed to have him, you know, part of your career. If you had ever had a run-in with him, um, if you ever shared the ring with him, you were blessed because he wasn't someone that would just get in the ring with anybody, you know? Mm -hmm. um, he had to see something in you to want to contribute to you. And um, that was to me very sacred, very important, you know? And um, Supreme to me and to a lot of us, he, he's a wrestling God, you know? He's a, a, a death match God. There you have it. That's what Supreme is to a lot of us. Mm. No, I mean, I completely agree like i i came to supreme i think a little bit later than a lot of people um in the especially the the southern california scene in that way but like learning more about him over the past like few years and, and seeing the impact that he's had not just in the ring but also like you said in in training but whether it be you or so many other people that we're seeing now like that influence is felt uh, and and it's amazing to see that that the attitude there because like yes he looks like a very scary person like he mm -hmm. looks like, but and he's a bear he's a big bear yes and, and that's <laughs> the beautiful thing about it is that like there's the there's this this sense of um like you said protection there's this sense of wanting to be there for the wrestling community of the region but also embracing you whenever you were like out and started training like that I, I don't know if that if the, how him embracing your identity in the way that he did um, impacted you and, or your confidence level getting into it. Did that. yeah, it definitely did. Once I once I knew that he let me in, that's when I was like, you know what? I have no reason to be afraid to be scared to be here because, I mean, my my head trainer Chaos, also former XPW talent, he um he was already intimidating as it was, you know, and then Angel was a little more, you know, warmer, but still intimidating just based off of what he has done in wrestling. Um, but Supreme was on a whole different level where I was terrified, you know, like I made sure I wiped my feet before I entered a ring, you know, like it was, he's very old school. He has that old school mentality. So, um, he you know, wanted us to be respectful of the ring and be respectful of everyone who has come into this business before us. And he made that known, you know, he made that very known, but 
he was always so sweet and heartwarming about it. You know, like if you disrespected, he's gonna let you know. You know, he's gonna he's gonna let you know. And if and if you really cross the line, he's gonna be super aggressive with it. But it's only it was all done through passion and heart because that's what he had for this business. He loved the death match. He loved pro wrestling. Like this was his entire life. You know, he made a living doing this you know this this his entire life and i see i see it as i see pro wrestling as his baby like he you know like when you say you know when you have like a small kitten or a small little animal you want to protect it mm-hmm. you know you want you want to keep it alive you 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 want to do whatever it takes to make sure that it thrives and that's what supreme was doing at that school um and i I developed a bond, a friendship, a, 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 a professional friendship with him um, at that school. You know, my confidence did definitely go up because he made sure that I was okay. Every time I got in the ring with him, he asked me if I was okay. After I was in the ring with other people, he always asked me, are you okay? Did they take care of you? Um, you know, he was always asking, always making sure that I was fine, you know, backstage. He always had a different locker room than most of us did. So I would go say hi to him and he would always ask, are you being treated okay? You know, like he always made sure that I was treated okay and I was being respected, you know? And um, I love him and I miss him so much, you know? I miss him so much. I miss him a lot. I wish we didn't have to have a tribute show. Mm. You know, I wish we didn't have to do any of that. Um, but um, he really loved pro wrestling. He confidence a lot. No, it's it's just amazing to hear like about that relationship and 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 you know just adding to the significance that that he represents um, in in the community and also personally for you. Um, mm-hmm. I guess as we start to wind down here a little bit. Um, my last question for you kind of goes back to to Nyla a little bit because like there's been a number of people within like the LGBTQ pro wrestling circles, you know, people like Dark Sheik and you know Edith and you know other notable people that have like pointed to you uh, as this um, as the as the trailblazer that you are. We use that term a lot, but I mean it still applies. I don't want to yeah. like beat it into the ground or anything. But um, I think one person who's, who, when I spoke to them about you, that really struck me significantly was Nyla, because, you know, she made history herself becoming the AEW Women's World Champion um, last year. But whenever I spoke with her uh, on this show and brought up the match that you had with her um, prior to the last match that she had before going to AEW full time, um she seemed to feel like that match held just as much significance if not you know maybe a little bit more uh in a way for her personally um and i don't know how how does it make you feel to to know that that nyla expressed that feeling about being able to step into the ring with you and and what did it feel like to to have that opportunity to to wrestle Nyla before she went off onto the the television uh, pastures, <laughs> so to speak? 
before she became a superstar. Yes. You know, she was already, she was already a superstar in my heart. Um, Nyla and I have been friends for a very long time. I have known her almost my entire career, almost my entire career, but I've, I've, um, always communicated with her. Her personality is a mirror image of my personality. We're complete clouds. Uh, <laughs> we're complete clouds. It's, you know, it's an honor to have been able to share the reading with her. I, I was so happy to have wrestled with her that night. I would have, I wouldn't have wanted it any other way. I didn't want to wrestle anyone else but her. Um, there were changes. Originally, I was set to wrestle. Um, oh my God, what's her name? Lola Star. Ah, uh, yes. Originally, I was set to wrestle Lola Star. Then Lola Star pulled out. She says something wasn't right. So um, she pulled out, and then they made the match between um, Nyla and I. And I was completely honored. Um, so happy. She is larger than life. She's a sweetheart. Um, let me see here. Um, I, oh my God, I watched her become like this amazing performer, you know, and, and for her to put me on that pedestal, I'm so, I'm so like, you know, like I, it really warms my heart because I see her the same way, you know, she, mm. at one point I inspired her now today she inspires me you know so it's the tables have turned where now I see her as this like beacon of light you know for 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 us like she surpassed what I've done you know um regardless of who did what first and who was able to do more that doesn't matter at this point at this point what matters is that she is at, you know she's the, she's the head of the game you know, the game that we're all playing and, and that we're all trying to be number one at, she um, she definitely set the bar higher than I did. And I am completely honored, you know, for her to, to see me as someone that special in her career. I'm completely honored for that because she has, again, so many other women that she could have looked up to, you know, that she could have um, mentioned, she could have talked about. You know, um, same thing with Sheik, you know, Sheik, I, I've known her since before she transitioned. I've got to work with her as well at Hood Slam. Um, you know, Sheik is someone else that, you know, is inspiring to me by seeing what she's doing today, you know, um, her coming out and then her being a trans wrestling promoter, you know, like, mm -hmm. again, that's something new, you know, that's something new, even though she's been doing this since before, um, you know, you know, running her own company, um, which may I add is a top company out in Northern California on yes, the West Coast period. Um, she, she is an inspiration. Um, you know, she has her, her pillar, her very own pillar that I, that I'm looking up at, you know, um, all of these girls, you know, but Nyla for me is probably like the biggest inspiration because I would love to share a stage with her, you know, that kind of stage. And then having this match with her, may I add, we had Aubrey St. John, another trans yes. person in the match, you know, yes. as a referee. Um, for me, those two girls 
I've known Aubrey St. John since literally day one of my career. And you know, we've been friends online since MySpace days. We had this whole little beef thing on social media, um, which was all nothing but 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 let's say it was all scripted. It was all scripted, hoping that we'd have a match with each other and that it didn't work that way. Um so we just decided to kind of move past it. It's probably never gonna happen. And when it does, it does. We're not gonna force it, you know, we're gonna organically let it happen. Um but to be able to share the rainbow with both of those girls, because those are my girls, those are my girls. I was so happy. And that was like the main reason why I went out to the East Coast. It like is was to finally meet these two women in person, hmm. you know, to share laughs, to smell them, to feel them, you know, to to have fun with them, to hug them, you know, and and that was my goal was, Hey, I'm going to go there. I'm going to do this. I'm going to accept this booking from Rick. And you know, I don't know who I'm going to work with, but at the end of the day is I want to be in that locker room with these two girls. Cause these are my friends. They've always been there for me. You know, whenever I needed to talk to somebody as far as wrestling goes. Um, so I'm, I'm really honored that Miley sees me that way. And she knows how I feel about her and, and, you know, it, it's the feelings are mutual. I see her as something completely special, completely special. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for you to have another trip out to the East Coast to meet so many more people that, yeah. you know, look up to you and to have that community again there and just to show out at, at Paris is Bumping Solid Gold 21. Mariah, thank you so much for, for coming on the show. Um, let everybody know where they can find you online. Well, you guys can find me on, we'll do Instagram right now. Okay. Um, Cause you can always just Google my first and last name, Mariah Moreno, and everything will pop up. Um, you could just type in Mariah Moreno social media and all of them would pop up, but we'll do Instagram, which is Mariah underscore Moreno eight two. And it's spelled as Mariah, M-A-R-I-A-H, I believe, or it could be M-A-R-R-I-A-H. I don't, know. I don't know which one is it, but um, you can just go to Google. That's probably the easiest and the best way. <laughs> I do have three social media platforms, and the only three that I have are Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, okay? And I'm mostly active on Instagram. Um, as far as opinions go, I'm mostly active on Facebook for that. Like, I have every little thing. On Twitter, I try not to be too opinionated or even say much just because there's a lot of, I guess you could say some negative vibes on there. Um, you know, it just, it's just open to everybody and I don't want to have a private account because if I have a private account, it doesn't get seen and then my stuff gets seen. So um, I try not to really talk much on Twitter because everybody just wants to pick a fight with you, especially when you're a, a, a young up-and-comer. You want to pick a fight with someone who can, I guess, put your name on the map. And, and I'm not going to be that bait. I'm not going to be someone's clout, you know, or, or whatever, whatever you want to call that stuff. And it's been, I've had a couple of situations like that. And mm. I just, and it's always, it only happens on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> So I just, I'm just like, you know what, I'll just share stuff here and there, photos, videos or whatnot, but I'm more active on, on Instagram and as far as posts and photos go, and then 
opinions and public conversations all happen on Facebook. Awesome. Well, I uh, I agree with you. Twitter can definitely be a hellscape. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, because uh, it, it will it will make you or break you, and for the most part, it has broken me because I I lost sleep a couple of those times that mm. that someone you know tried to pick a bone you know a fight with me I'm just like oh my god like really like is it like I don't even know you (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know you like it is okay Mm. okay (laughs) well hopefully you're uh you're catching up on that sleep now so (laughs) I am I've caught up on it yeah I definitely caught up on it so I I learned hey you know I'm just not gonna be on Twitter as much Well, thank you, Mariah. You're welcome. Thank you. My thanks once again to Mariah for taking the time to chat and just, you know, unpack so many different things about your connection to Supreme, connection to Angel, the hardcore homo, which I'm so happy I had a chance to chat a little bit about about him. Um, And of course, everything coming up on July 10th at Paris is bumping Solid Gold 21. Um, That match has so much meaning beyond just what's on the card there. And, you know, there's a reason why that she's going in in the first class of Paris Honors as well. And I am so happy to see um, her get her um, just due while she's still able to be in the ring and still able to, to showcase why she deserves that honor. So that's outstanding to see. Um, that being said, though, we're going to wrap up this episode of the show and of course next week episode 100 um it's gonna be a fun one i can i can tell you who the guest is i know every there it isn't every week that i can announce the uh the guest for the next week at the end of the show but i can this week 100 percent for sure episode 100 percent sure because it is me i am the guest um, KC, my partner, is going to be interviewing me. And once again, we open this up to everybody listening, anybody that has any curiosity about me. We have a special email address set up. Send your questions to lgbtringpod100 at gmail.com and uh, throw it out there. Anything anything you want to know, it's it, just throw it out there. I'm gung-ho for it. Um, with that being said, though, I'm going to go um, take a nap uh, and maybe take a, like, one-day vacation <laughs> before I get right back fucking at it. Um, I don't even know if it's going to be one day. I don't know. I'll, I'll chill out and watch some stuff I have on Backlog or something and then just want to jump back on the keyboard again. So either way, however long it is, I'm going to be around for the for the long haul. This show has been amazing, and thank you all to everyone that's listened so far. 99 episodes. Um, to come back, come back next week for episode 100. It's going to be a fun one. Um, but until then, y'all stay messy. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. And don't think I forgot about you, CFU. She made a deal with the demon so a lover could live When the moon is high and the devil is trying to stick It's the formula 666